0: It's time
1: for the Move in the Chains podcast.
2: Your home for high school football coverage in the Palmetto State. Every team, every game, every week. And now your hosts, Kevin Thomas and Jarrell Hendricks.
1: Welcome in to moving the chains. I'm Kevin Thomas alongside Jarrell Hendricks. We're here for our week four recap show Jarrell a, a kind of an odd week. We had some high power matchups at the top, not a ton of upsets necessarily. I mean, a couple of the games ended up, you would say maybe you thought they'll even win, but I mean, not a big shock, but we did see some, uh, some big time performances at of some of these top, top level teams this weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another great week. Another competitive week of games. Like you said, no upsets. Really, uh, really just some some teams that were supposed to win, handled business. Uh, probably the biggest, if you want to qualify it as an upset, uh, was just the margin of victory at the game that I was at, um, which we'll talk about. But uh, just another solid week of football, and um just excited to go through these games.
1: For sure. This is you guys' first time checking us out. We really appreciate it. Uh, five-star rate of subscribe to us here on either Spotify, Google, Apple, et cetera, wherever you check us out. Also check out our social handles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, Move and Change, M-O-V-I-N-C-H-A-I-N-S. Check out our website, MoveandChange.com. Got a lot of cool stuff on all those places. Drill and I do a, a recap show every Sunday that comes out, podcast-only version there. I do a uh, preview show with John Epps on Tuesday nights live on Facebook. Love to have you guys get in there and, you know, interact with us and whatnot. We also put that on the podcast version as well. And drill, drill, and I have a lot of really cool interviews coming out right now too. We had a uh, head coach, Scoot Watson, a couple weeks ago from JL Man on there. We had a, a chat with the Dorchester Academy head coach before our skis game of the week last week. Thomas McElhaney got an interview coming out with Lewisville Lions head coach Leon Bullware Monday night uh this week. A lot of good stuff in the interview to check out from Coach Bullware. Really fun to do that. And then our newest thing: check out our Friday night spaces. Friday night on Twitter. Uh, it's basically like a a recap show that's like live and, you know, kind of unedited really quick after the game to kind of run through the scores. We have some folks hop in to give us some shout outs from the games they were at. So feel free to get on there and interact with us as well, but lots of good stuff coming out for sure. But we'll give a quick shout out to our sponsors here before we get going into our recaps of the games that drill and I were at. Carolina Orthopedic and Neurosurgical Associates is our game of the week sponsor. Kona offers the most advanced training and experience in orthopedic surgery, neurosurgery, sports medicine, and pain management in the upstate. Kona offers a synergistic approach for the spine, skeletal system, nervous system, and supporting structures. You need total quality care for your optimal health. Three convenient locations in Spartanburg, Duncan, and Greenville. Go to kona.care to learn more about Kona services. That's care.
2: Get your head in the game with Founders Federal Credit Union. See how Founders Membership could elevate
1: your financial game. Train your financial skills with our wide array of financial tools and services. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com today to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders
2: Federal Credit Union.
1: Friday night, John Epps and I headed down to Greenwood. JW Bab Stadium to tech check out 5A TL Hanna taking on 4A Greenwood. Uh, an old school matchup, Jarrell, uh, wing T, triple option for both squads at a lot of run in the ball, really quick ball game, but a lot of fun. Uh, and also, you know, Greenwood, super nice. And if you guys have not been there to the BAB, go check it out. Press Box is super great. I want to give a shout-out to our friend Bill Hensley. Keeps the stats for Greenwood. He gave us a tour of the facility before the game started. It was really, really nice down there. So hats off to those guys for hooking us up with some passes and whatnot. We had a, a really good time. But, drill as far as the game goes, first few drives, just kind of back and forth, a lot of punting and whatnot. And it seemed like T.L. Hanna was really winning the – the field position battle, you know, they were punting at getting 45 you know, yards a punt. Greenwood more in the 30-ish, 35-yard range. Uh, T.L. Hanna actually got a hand on one, blocked one late in the first quarter, kind of led to an early touchdown, a two-yard TD run by quarterback Kenny Fretwell. They went up 7-0 with two-and-a-half up in the first quarter. That was where the score stood at the end of the first as well. Uh, T.L. Hanna actually opened up a two-score lead here in the second quarter, a one-yard TD run by Jalen Boyles. They actually converted a fourth and two to play prior to that uh, to kind of keep that drive going. Instead of kicking a field goal, they went for it and got it, scoring a one-yard run the next play to go up 14-0 with 739 left in the second quarter. Really kind of a danger zone there for Greenwood. They actually had a big return by the Gary kid on the ensuing kickoff there to kind of get them going again. They scored a touchdown on a 24-yard touchdown pass from Caleb Burton to J.B. Simmons. They cut the score to 14-7, to 321 left in the second quarter. And that is one thing John and I talked about during the game, that you know both these teams are a lot of wing T, of course, running the ball a ton. They actually both threw it a little bit more than we than we thought they would going into the game. I wonder if that's because they know that the other team was kind of familiar with their style of offense, things like that. So maybe they wanted to open up something new there. But both teams threw it a little bit more. I thought they would Burton and Fretwell and stuff like that. But anyway, so 14-7 there. T.L. Hannah gets the ball after that. 321 left has another nice kickoff return, actually. They drive down, they get down to, uh, I think, the the one or the two with about three seconds left, four seconds left. They opt to go for it instead of a set on the field goal. Greenwood actually holds there at the goal line, keeps it 14-7 to start the to go into halftime there. So, great performance by the defense to hold them in that ball game there. Greenwood gets on the board for first in the third quarter. One-yard touchdown run by Caleb Burton. They tied up at 14, all with 8.25 left in the third quarter. That's actually where the score stood to the third quarter. And the fourth quarter rolled around, and it was all T.L. Hanna. Um, you know, they actually scored 17 here in this quarter unanswered. Started with a 13-yard TD run by S- uh, Sashin Latimer. Go 2-1, 14, 10.49 left in the fourth quarter. They have a 36-yard – oh, excuse me. They uh, – yes, Greenwood gets the ball. Try to get a punt off. Can't. Hunter gets tackled tl hannah takes over at the 13 of greenwood they score quickly after that a 23 yard field goal by walker broom go up 24 14 556 left in the fourth they score again on a 17 yard touchdown run a two yard touchdown run, excuse me eddie pino 31 to 14 144 left in the fourth quarter and that was where the final went There, drill tl hannah 31 to 14 honestly kind of a boring game um not a lot of explosive plays you know we had a couple nights nice kickoff returns are really nice um you know, T.L. Hannah broke one run or two that was nice. Greenwood hit one nice pass play. But honestly, I think the teams were just so familiar with, with what each other was going to do, just because running that similar offense. Wasn't a lot of room for error, so they kind of didn't break any big ones there, really. But cool to see a game like that where you do kind of get taken back to the 90s. You feel like almost watching some of that happen. But T.L. Hannah honestly just felt a little bit, you know, maybe a step faster on both sides of the ball than Greenwood did. Uh, you know, they were – not really giving Greenwood a whole lot. You know, Darius Gary had a big game last week for, for Greenwood was our player of the week. Couldn't really get going this week. It didn't seem like there, um, you know, and then the Greenwood special teams kind of let them down a few times to let that game kind of get out of hand. But once again, you know, great experience down there at, J- at JW Bab stadium. The press box is sweet. The field is sweet. Scoreboard is sweet. Definitely go check out a game there if you can. Uh, I want to shout out coach Hudson and uh, to Bill Hensley and those guys for helping us out with tickets and passes and stuff and rosters and all that it was a Great experience for sure. And I think that, you know, T.L. is a team that will always cause guys problems in 5A drill just because of that offense. I don't know what they're as good as they have in the last couple years. Greenwood, same kind of story. That offense gives you people's trouble. I think the key for them is getting V. Morton back. Um, You know, I know that he had an ankle injury, ankle – broken ankle, I think actually week zero. He is looking to come back. Region play here in a couple weeks. They're thinking, I saw him on the sideline, was in good spirits, hopping around, did not have a boot or cast or anything like that. So it's like he is – Getting better, I think. So hopefully he'll be back for for region play soon enough because Greenwood needs him. But to wrap that one up, Drill TL Hannah thirty one, Greenwood fourteen. Nice.
2: Yeah, I'm really jealous. I've been wanting to go catch a game down at Greenwood for a while. So kind of jealous that I missed out on that experience there, the venue. Um, and then also, I'm kind of sad I missed out on TL Hannah, like you were saying um, earlier in the week. Their team has kind of been in a dig, but we just don't know what they were. Uh, so. It was, good to get some eyes on them and see what they are Uh, disappointing to understand, you know, that they're maybe not as good, but that's understandable with the amount of seniors that Mm -hmm. they lost last year. Uh, But switching over to the game that I was at, uh, build all week, hyped up all week. You know, something I was I've been excited about for about three weeks to go to, um, and that was South Point visiting South Aiken and uh, the Got game Florence. <laughs> South Florence. I don't know why South Aiken, South Florence. Excuse me, uh, but yeah, too much south going on. That's what it was. Uh, but yeah, just the game that was that was built to be, you know, a heavy hitter top five matchup Our one and two teams that we had in our poll that came out last week. And uh, it was just one team that was way better than the other team in South Florence. Uh, awesome to get down to Bruin Stadium, the new Bruin Stadium there. Beautiful field, beautiful facility, uh, much like your experience at Greenwood. Great hospitality from the A.D. coaching staff and everyone involved with that program down there. Uh, but just hopping into this ball game it was over from the beginning Kev uh South Point received the, the opening kickoff promptly went three and zero. uh South Florence two play drive you know they score two minutes into the game um on a 52 yard touchdown pass from Lenora Sellers uh to Singletary and uh, just a pump and go just thing of beauty you know just absolute dime and uh it was just off to the races uh South Point um, when they get the ball back, you know, just halted by penalty, uh, just, just couldn't get anything going. They were just flat on the sidelines. Um, so South Florence is up 7-0. They get the ball back on the next possession. Uh, Sellers is able to extend play, extend the drive on third down. Uh, and then also there was another fourth down conversion on there. Um, after an illegal substitution penalty from South Point. Just the theme of the night, penalties and sloppiness from the South Point side. Uh, that drive was culminated by a five-guard touchdown uh, pass. I think it's from Shamique Shiloh, the running back there. Just an absolute, you know, scat bag type, jitterbug, small, but just quick quick in space, uh, great acceleration. Um, so South Florence goes up 14-0. Um, moving on to the second quarter, you know, it was just more – you know, turnover and down. South Point just could not get anything going on offense. Um, South Florence gets the ball back midway through that second quarter um, after, a you know, another long drive, a 13-yard touchdown pass from Sellers to Shiloh. This was like a little wheel route, throwback pass, just on the money, back pylon. Um, Sellers was just on point. Um, now, the rest of the quarter, South Florence kind of stuttered a little bit. Um You know, like I said, South Point just could not get anything going. They were having major issues with the quarterback, Marshall. uh, Just some inaccuracy there, you know, penalties, uh, just repeated issues there. They tried to go tempo on one of the drives, just eventually stalled out. Uh, But South Florence, in their last two possessions in that second quarter, um, they had a fumble inside the red zone uh, where South Point makes a great play. You think the momentum might be changing there. Did not happen at all. Uh, and then the last possession for South Florence in that drive, or excuse me, in their last drive of the half, they tried a double pass that was intercepted. I mean, the pass was it was actually open. The play was open. Uh, but the South Point defender makes a great play. Had no idea where the ball was. The ball was so severely underthrown that I think it might have hit him in the helmet, bounced up. He was able to pick it off. Uh, but we went to halftime there, 21-0. South Florence received the opening kickoff. This is the only time they went three and out. South Point receives the ball; they can't get anything going again. Midway through the third quarter, uh, South Florence has a, a long drive, another long drive, you know, capped off by a nine-yard touchdown run by Lenora Sellers to go up twenty-eight nothing. Again, the next drive, Marshall throws a pick-six. This one's t- uh, picked off by Deshad. McFadden a 36 yard pick six makes it 35 nothing this game's completely over at this point uh you know some observations South Point parents yelling at the coaches we had a little scuffle between the players I mean we're gonna we got some major housekeeping issues there uh, this is a program that's not used to losing and it was on full display uh, down there in Florence uh, so they ended up making a quarterback change they bring in this the Sanders kid to play quarterback. He was able to get some things going with his legs. Uh, But at this point, the game's completely over. Just shuffling over to the fourth quarter, Um, starting off the fourth quarter. You got a 17-yard touchdown run from Sellers. Um, That was pretty much the end of the game. They go up 42 to nothing at that point. Uh, They start bringing in some backups on offense. They did, South Florence did leave the starters in on defense uh, to preserve the shutout. Uh, But there was... A four yard touchdown run, I think it's by Turner uh, from South Point to get the Stallions on the board with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. But that was the final score 42 to seven. Just a complete and utter beatdown in Bruins Stadium by South Florence. Lenora Sellers, uh, he's got to be the front runner for Mr. Football at this point. Uh, just a, a complete dual threat, accurate, uh, big, strong kid, likes to run. Uh, but he's looking to throw first. He runs when he has to. They have a lot of design run play calls when they need to. Uh, but also the defense from South Lawrence was just suffocating. Uh, I know you, you spoke with some some contacts there that said the defense was better than the offense. I beg to differ after watching how <laughs> dynamic that offense was. Uh, but that defense is stout. Uh, they're a legitimate team. <laughs> they got to be a front runner for team you know in 4A to win the state crown too. Um, in my opinion, just an absolute domination. The crowd was amazing. I mean, it was completely full to capacity on the home side. A lot of South Point fans did travel down, parents. So that was good to see them support the team there. Uh, They just didn't have a good performance. You know, it happens sometimes. You just get beat down. This is a team in um, South Point that's just littered with talent. So I don't expect them, you know, to just fold up. You're still going to have to deal with them, you know, for the rest of the season going into region play and when we get to the playoffs. So don't think, don't try to write off the Stallions whatsoever, but the Bruins are for real, Kevin.
1: No doubt about it. That's a, a heck of a game there by South Florence. Now I was kind of surprised we talked about it on the preview show last week that wasn't sure what was going to happen with the quarterback spot for South Point because Marshall had played the first couple games, was out last week. The, the uh, Sanders kid, I believe, was played then Marshall was back this week, but he struggled. So I don't know what the situation is going to be there. I don't know if he's still the starter, you think, Drell going forward or what. But that was a a surprise to hear that he struggled. Because he had really looked impressive so far um, when he had played.
0: Yeah, he's got
2: some issues. Like, he's a a, a really talented kid. Um, I would say he's got some issues with the mechanics, just trying to learn to play that quarterback position. Uh, to be honest too, I think the bigger concern, I actually sat, I didn't sit in the box or anything. I sat on the South Point side just because there were so many South Florence fans. I mean, this was incredible, an incredible scene. Um, so I sat on the South Point side and, uh, to be honest, I, I think that the team has kind of picked the quarterback in Sanders. Um, I think that he's probably going to start the rest of the year. Uh, He's a little bit more dynamic with his legs, can make plays there, just played a little bit more free. Not to say that Marshall's not talented uh, because he is, uh, but just, you know, I hate to use this word, but it was just a little bit dysfunctional on that South Point sideline. I mean, it's got to be hard for a team that is not used to losing to get embarrassed the way that they did on Friday night. And uh, I think they have to completely regroup. Um, I'm pretty sure they have a bye week coming up this week. Uh, they're going to have to do some soul searching and get ready before they go into region
1: play. Yeah, that region is super tough. As we know, um, you know, both South Florence and South Point regions are both probably the strongest or t- probably the two strongest in the state. Honestly, if you look at those top to bottom there, but Drew, I know you caught up with coach uh, Drew Marlowe and Lenoris sellers after the game here, we'll insert those. Now we'll do the one with Lenoris first, then coach Marlowe, and then we'll kind of, uh, finish up here on, on that game. Jarrell
0: Hendricks here for moving the chains. I'm here with Lenora Sellers, quarterback Southport's high. Big win over South Point, the defending state champions. They went big 42 to 7. Lenoris, so tell us how you guys were able to get going so early in the game. Uh, just preparation practice, you know what I'm saying. Uh, we had a good game plan. We practiced it all week, and we just had to go out there execute. That's what we do. End of the second quarter, going into the third, you guys had a couple turnovers. Had a three and out, but you were able to pick it up. Um, what was what was that lull? Like what was causing those turnovers and uh, you know that three and out that happened there? Um, we really just got lazy. We know that they get that sick in the ball. He told me he telling us that all week. Uh, they just guys that one time. I mean, yes, we <laughs> Got this. Got this big win over South Point. How important is it getting a win going into the bye week before y'all start reaching play? All uh, just push us to be more confident. Um, not get complacent. Just keep going, really. Big win, 42-7. to Lenora Sellers, leader for the Mr. Football race at this point in the season, in my book. Uh, congratulations on a big performance. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. here with Coach Drew South Florida's Bruins. The scene here is chaotic, 42-7 over defending champions, Spank South uh, Coach Marlow. Talking about your defense, Barry got that touchdown late in the game. But you had your starters out there still trying to preserve that shutout. But you're talking about the performance that they put on tonight. Our defense played unbelievable tonight. Um, It shocked me. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I'm so proud of our kids. So proud of the way they work, the way they prepared. Uh, I'm so proud of you. They did a great job tonight. Let's talk about that three-hand monster off-camp. Lenore Scheller, Kylo, and then you have Singletary on the outside. How important are they feel? obviously, they put up on too. team? Yeah, critically important. And so, um, Evan's done a great job, for us playing tailback and receiver. Uh, we present a lot of problems for Vecas because we've got two other guys that can really play well on the outside. Trabari and uh, uh, Puffy. Uh, so, your brother, Dave Sellers. Uh, and our tight ends locked their tails off tonight. Uh, we got two really good, three really good tights. So, we we're able to run the ball through the ball when we needed to. We we the game, take the eye to a little bit. <laughs> a chaotic scene here. Talk about the crowd that you had tonight. How important was that getting the guys to do stuff playing Point King, that's not what came up with number one in this game? That was really important to us tonight. You know, like you said, you keeping know, us high all night. Uh, played with a lot of momentum from the start. Uh, our, our crowd was going to start deal. So this, this win, going to the bye, rest up a little bit, start region play. Uh, how critical? Lives to get a big win we're going into that bye so week in 2024. Yeah, just, this this year's the win going into the bye week. They're going to sit for three weeks on the walls, but um, we're uh, we're we're gonna enjoy this tonight and tomorrow and the next week we're gonna start the month. And goes through Marlowe, South Point Bruins. They win tonight, 42-7 to over South Point. I think someone's gonna be at the top of the before a break next week. Congratulations. Thank you.
1: So the final there, guys, again, South Florence, 42, South Point 7, a absolute domination uh, by the Bruins there. But great ball game, Joe. I'm sure you enjoyed being down there in Florence for that one.
2: I really did. I really enjoyed the atmosphere, really enjoyed seeing two of the premier programs and premier teams in the state play. Uh, like I said, with South Point, disappointing outcome. Uh, but do not write off the Stallions, South Florence, If you think that they're the fourth best team in 4A, you need to reevaluate that because from what I saw on Friday, they're the best team in 4A uh, and a team that's good. If they stay healthy, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Uh, But moving on from that game, we're going to go through our uh, games of the week presented by Kona um, every week. And we're going to go to a game that was much more competitive than the games that we were at. Uh, We got a team in Hillcrest. Um, That's a contender for the 5A crown against a team for Powdersville. That's a legitimate contender for the 3A crown. Um, And the Powdersville Patriots gave the Hillcrest Rams all they could handle, winning that game 37-35. to This was a back-and-forth game, nail-biter to the very end. Uh, It took Hillcrest and all their offensive stars, everything they had to win this game against Powdersville. And this is a team in Hillcrest, we've really been bragging on that defense Uh, But Thomas Williams and those guys took it to him on Friday.
1: Yeah, that was a super fun game. You know, we were kind of following, of course, on social media throughout the night, and then we actually watched the end of it and listened to it on the radio as well uh, as we were kind of leaving the stadium there. Really back and forth, you know, Patternsville had a lead a couple times. Hillcrest had a two-score lead for a little bit there. Like you said, Thomas Williams, Eli Hudgens played really well for Patternsville in the game. So did Kyle uh, Kyle Rice, I believe was his name, or Kyle Wright uh, had a big-time game for the Patriots there. Hillcrest, a little too much firepower. You know, they came out, uh, had a couple nice long touchdowns to start the second half, scored late actually on a uh, on a fourth down play to kind of get their last their last lead there. Powdersville comes back down, uh, scores a rushing touchdown by Eli Hudgens to cut it to 37-35. They actually go down, onside like, hey, don't get it. Hillcrest runs it back to about Powdersville's 35 or 40. They have a fourth and one end up running it with Judy, get the first down right at the gut there to kind of ice the game there. But heck of a ball game. You know, one thing that I've noticed, Darrell, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I can go to find them and, and, and read it back. But one thing that's been super impressive about what Hillcrest uh, has done this year is they start the first quarter hot. They start start the third quarter hot. So uh, overall in the year, first quarter scoring, Hillcrest 58, opponent seven. Third quarter scoring, Hillcrest 71, opponent seven. And that buried itself again on uh, on Friday night. Hillcrest outscored Padresville 10 nothing in the first quarter, 14 nothing in the third quarter there. So that's really where they kind of build their leads. I mean, not to say they're bad in the second quarter, they're certainly not, but they really poured on right out the gate on, on both sides of the ball there. But big games from Judy McFadden, Neil Cauldron, et cetera, there on that Hillcrest side. Big games from, from Williams and Hudgens and whatnot on, on the Padresville side. But one thing I do have to say about, about Hillcrest, I think that really kind of uh, iced the game for them. They had a, a big pick to start the second half. Uh, Grant Holiday picked off Powdersville. And now through five games real, Hillcrest has zero turnovers. So wow. you can win a lot of ball games doing that. I mean, in a game that's as close as that one was Friday night, getting that pick to start, 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 start the second half, not turning it over, that was just the, the gap the Rams needed right there.
2: Yeah, no, I feel like Hillcrest, you know, they had the close game with Clover earlier in the mm-hmm. season. Uh, so they've battled adversity there, now having this close game with Powdersville. So they've been tested in their non-region slate. Uh, but, you know, I just keep going back to Powdersville. I thought this was a game that Hillcrest was going to win by two scores. You know, we saw Powdersville earlier in the season against Abbeville um, in a dogfight with, with, you know, Abbeville that was missing a couple key starters um, through the duration or a portion of that game. Um, And they just went toe to toe with Hillcrest, a team that we have been extremely high on this year. I also did see and I I hope it's, you know, something that's short term. uh, Jalen Rambert had to leave this game early um, due to injury. So hopefully that, you know, it's not anything that he suffered that's long term. Uh, but just it's so impressive, you know, for both sides of, the, of these teams, you know, both storylines, you know, for Hillcrest battling through and able to win this game when their defense didn't have their best performance, able to lean on those offensive stars to get it done. And then Powdersville just going toe-to-toe with this Hillcrest team, who we think is a legitimate 5A contender, uh, you know, we think 3A is going to be a, a slugfest. And um, I, I'm really, really impressed with how Powdersville was able to perform in that game. Uh, but again, that score was 37 to 35. Absolute thriller for all who were there. Um, looking forward to all how these teams continue to perform throughout the year. Another game that did not have as much firepower or fireworks in it. We had Sumter beating Somerville 16 to nothing. Sumter scored a couple touchdowns. Um, I think they used a trick play early uh, to score a touchdown, blocked a punt, got a safety, just completely that Game Gamecock defense just shuts down Somerville, uh, you know, and I just can't say enough about Sumter and how
1: well they've played um, these opening five weeks. Defense has been super impressive. Um, you know, I, I think the worry with them, you know, similar to like a Camden and a 3A or et cetera, is just how much offense do they have? You know, I think that's been the problem all year or kind of the work. So they beat, you know, beat Ridgeview close late. Uh, you know, they beat Crestwood close earlier in the year. They just don't score a ton of points. There's going to be a lot of close ball games they're going to have to play, but they're winning them all so far. You know, some of them on the flip side, their defense played well also, I felt like. Uh, just couldn't anything going, you know, with McMurray at quarterback and those guys, uh, Yannick Smith, et cetera, couldn't do a whole lot this game. Sumpter's a, a tough team, and this could certainly match up. We could see Jarrell in round two, round three in the lower state playoffs in five A.
2: Most definitely, yeah. You know, Summerville. You know, still, that's it's not bad. You know, losing that game by really two scores. Um, they just couldn't get the offense going. It happens. This is a Somerville team that I feel like is ahead of schedule, has played better than we certainly predicted going into the year, especially after what we saw last season. Um, some are just continually winning these gritty games. That's a testament to their coaching staff, you know, winning these close games, being able to, to prevail here. Uh, the Gamecocks, defense travels. That's the thing. Like, they may have some issues on offense, but that defense is just continually shutting teams down, um, so you got to be excited about that, and that's after losing stud uh, Monty Grames to transfer. Um, so the Gamecocks win this game sixteen to zero over Somerville. Moving on to a game with some offense, a game that I thought would be a little bit closer, but Lexington flexes some muscle. This is a team we saw two weeks ago. They beat Gilbert thirty-five to twenty-one. Lexington jumps out to a big lead. Gilbert fights back, I think it was in the second or third quarter, but Lexington was just too tough, um, you know, performance, a uh, great performance, excuse me, on both the offense and defensive side of the ball for the Wildcats.
1: Yeah, former player of the week, John Norris for Lexington, went 25 for 157, three touchdowns. I believe uh, that puts him over the 1,000-yard mark. I think, Drill. if not, he's right at it. Um, this is a game that, you know, it, it was close. It was 7-14 points kind of all game back and forth, but it never really felt in danger. It's like Lexington kind of controlled the ball game there. Um, I know uh, Gilbert did some good things with, with their running attack there. I did hear they maybe doing some stuff at the quarterback spot. I mean doing some rotation. I don't know what's going on with that, but um, a nice win for Lexington. You know, Gilbert, good performance for them, too. I mean, this is, a, a you know, a kind of a, a rivalry game there in the backyard, but they're going up two classes, hung tough with a good Wildcats team, so – both those teams, I think, are going kind to of set up for some success here down the road. Most definitely. This Lexington team, you know, they're pretty
2: solid on both sides of the ball. You know, they're going to continue to ride that horse in, in Jonah Norris, and he is an absolute stud of a ball player. Yep. Um, really, really exciting. And Gilbert's going to do the same thing. They're going to rely on that running running game with those two great backs that they have. Uh, much like that Powdersville game, you know, Gilbert hanging tough with, with you know, Lexington going up two classes. Um, that just shows how competitive this 3A classification is. Uh, but at the end of the day, Lexington flexes their muscles. They win this game 35-21. to 21. Let's move on to our last – you got some, one more thing? Yeah, I just wanted
1: to – I do want to put out a note, uh, Jonah Norris actually got offered a uh, PWO spot at Coastal yesterday. So hats off to Jonah, uh, Jonah on that too. So congrats to our congrats to buddy down there at Lexington with that.
2: Yeah, if we got any coaches that are listening here, y'all need to go watch the film on this kid. He is an absolute stud. We need more than that. We need some scollies offered to this kid. Uh, but moving on, we'll go to the Skiza game of the week. Um, this one was a beatdown. Uh, we thought it would be closer as well. But Thomas Hayward beats Dorchester Academy 50-22, uh, to 22, and it uh, looks like Thomas Hayward got that offense rolling.
1: Yeah, Dorchester kind of hung around for a quarter, so a quarter and a half. They just didn't have enough firepower. You know, the Schuford kid at quarter for Thomas Hayward is tough man. He just ended up being too much at the end. Um, really good ball game. You know, a big one a matchup. This is you know really a region game there for these guys. So it was a really a big one for Thomas Hayward to win. Uh, Dorchester obviously still a very good team, and you know if they keep playing well, they'll get another shot at these guys down the line. So. Fun to see how that turns out, but I do want to give one more shout-out to Coach McElhaney for coming on with us last week at Dorchester to kind of preview that game. Really enjoyed talking with him and getting to know about their program down there uh, at Dorchester, so hats off to him, but a uh, great win for, for Thomas Hayward Friday night for sure. That is awesome, and that's our Skiza game of the week. Thomas
2: Hayward wins that one 50-22 over Dorchester Academy. Again, our games of the week prevent it. Excuse me. Presented by Kona, we had South Florence beating South Point forty-two to seven. Hillcrest over Powdersville thirty-seven to thirty-five. Sumter beats Somerville sixteen to zero, and Lexington beats Gilbert thirty-five to twenty-one. Kev, let's run into our, you know, the rest of our Pickham games um, that we highlight each week. Our Pickham games are pre- are presented by Hannah Engineering. Uh, but let's look at this first one. This is kind of a, a revenge game here. Dorman beating Clover. Uh Clover got them last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Dorman's able to win this game 37-23 to 23 over Clover.
1: Yeah, I saw uh, the Cavaliers had a nice kickoff return for a touchdown at one point, uh, played pretty well on the offensive side of the ball. You do have to worry worry a little bit. Deion Brown for Clover, I think, had 10 catches for 300-plus yards. I think it was three touchdowns there. So, you do worry a little bit about the pass defense. Just kind of looking down the line, you got guys, you know, Raheem Jeter coming in slinging the rock to guys like Andrew Danton. You've got Colby Shaw coming in with Kai Cook. That worries you a little bit on the defensive side there for Dorman. But, you know, the Clover Clover defense didn't play, I'd say, their best game, I would say. But this yeah. is more of a, a – a really a step and stall and more of an impressive win for Dorman, I feel like. And that's that's a big win for those guys. I think they are, for real, coming off a bye last week, a team that we probably need to keep talking more about. Yes. Coach Curtis has his guys playing some good football.
2: Yeah, the Cavaliers are playing well this season. They win that game again, 37-23 over Clover. Moving on to another another game, uh, you know, AC Flora. They beat Camden 28-19. to 19. Camden, I think this is their third loss in a row. Uh, you know, they're kind of struggling a little bit here. This was a game that was close in the first half. AC Flora was able to just pull away uh, behind that Russian attack late in it.
1: Yeah, Camden was up 13 0 in the first quarter. Uh then offense kind of went quiet there. I know it went to 14 13. I think it might may have been a halftime score there. Just too much AC4 firepower. You know, Carew Bates, Markel Townsend, Chris Lofton, et cetera. Just two, two towns on that side of the ball. And Camden just couldn't score enough to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. I think we we kind of saw we kind of sounded the alarm a little bit last week for Camden on the offensive side. I think we got to do it again, Drill, maybe a little more serious this week. Um, obviously AC4 is a great program. They, you know, Camden hasn't been losing to, to you know, no names by any means with Gray and Hartsville and and these guys here at Flora, but you hope to win one of those if you want to be a state title, you know, winner for sure.
2: Yeah, and that's a Camden team that, you know, that just came out the gates firing all, on all cylinders. and you know, that offense is just really sputtered, you know, kind of like they did in this game. That's kind of been a microcosm of their season, you know, came out hot and then just couldn't get it together late. Uh, but A.C. Flores playing some good ball, got the new coach there, yep. uh, but still got the same playmakers. And, and that's the biggest thing, too, with the insertion of, I guess, Carew Bates is the new playmaker um, at quarterback there. Uh, but the Falcons win this game 28-19 to 19 over Camden. Uh, speaking of firepower, Catawba Ridge, another team that we have not talked enough about um, in that York County region there. They win 45-27 to 27 over Chester. Uh, Copperhead's got it going.
1: Yeah, they do. They're actually down 27-24, to 24, I believe, late in the third quarter in this ballgame, and then went on a three-score run there to kind of close it out there. They're playing some great football. You know, Chester, when I saw that score, I was like, whoa, Chester's hanging in there. You know, they had a lead, couldn't quite hold it there. Um, Catawba Ridge, like you said, Drill, is kind of flying under the radar um, after losing some talent from last year's team. But I think they're going to be right there in that very tough region in 4A. Yeah, Catawba
2: Ridge wins that game 45-27 over Chester. Uh, another team that's shuffling a little bit is Hartsville. Uh, they drop another one. They lose to Irmo 17-14. This Irmo team, another team that may be flying under the radar. They had to repl- replace a lot of pieces, uh, some very, very key pieces, uh, especially at the quarterback position and on defense. Uh, but they are able to pull this one over the Red Foxes 17-14 on Friday.
1: Yeah, Coach Brand does a great job there. His son is playing the quarterback spot now. I know he was out a couple weeks ago. I think he's back now for them. Um, so, big win for those guys. You know, looking back at Hartsville, I know they had the ball late trying to drive, and score. actually had a fumble um, to kind of, you know, seal that game. But this is uh, a couple weeks in a row now. Tough losses for those guys. Losing to Dylan last week, losing to to Irmo this week. I'm more surprised, really, in this week than last week. Uh, you know, I feel like Dylan's a very good football team. Irmo, I thought they were okay, but I've learned a lot about them recently, it seems like. But Hartsville – Got to get that offense going. You know, got to get Douglas and Anderson and, Mark and McDaniel going. They got to figure that out. But uh, they'll be a tough out for sure. And, I mean, Irmo is a team that we need pay, to pay, pay, pay more attention to as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. And this game, again, it was 17-14, to 14 Hartsville. Uh, didn't Hartsville have a chance to win this game late? Uh, yep. Yeah, so they,
1: they were driving that last year. actually fumbled it and uh, gave the ball back to, to the Yellow Jackets.
2: Yep. So that's a, that's a heartbreaker there. I'm sure they'll get it together. You know, just, you know, their, their challenge is going to be their, their offense and defensive fronts. Uh, but they'll be able to find some creative ways to get to those two backs. Uh, another team that is kind of reminding me of that Sumter team, and that's Buford. Um, They're winning with defense, you know, just a very gritty defense there from the Eagles. This is a game that was, uh, you know, for the region championship last year, but Buford ends up dropping down a class to 3A. uh, But they went over May River on Friday, 13 to 7,
1: Kev. Yeah, May River falls to 1 and 3 on the year. They hadn't had the best start there. They actually took the opening drive and scored on a 12-yard touchdown run by quarterback uh, Tanner Macy there. Did not score the rest of the game. Uh, Buford actually scored two second-half touchdowns. Uh, Casey Fields ran those both in, ran for more than 150 yards overall in the game there. But really, another defensive battle. I feel like every week is a defensive battle for Buford, it seems like you said there. Um, Big win for those guys, and and just they will be a threat in 3A. People keep letting them fly under the radar. They're going to be there at the end as well.
2: Speaking of somebody that's flying under the radar, we got Johnsonville and Latta, you know, all mascot uh, game right here with the Flashes and the Vikings. Uh, but Johnsonville was definitely able to flex in this one. They win again, 35-14 to 14
1: over Latta. Yeah, this one was never really close. It doesn't seem like, uh, you know, Coach Ken Crib does a great job there with Johnsonville. Malik Shippey, the quarterback, had three touchdowns for them. Big game for Johnsonville. And Latta is a team that they've got some, some you know, big wins, but the fact the competition wasn't great in those games, Jarrell, the teams they've lost now, lost now have been to MacBee and Johnsonville. It seems like when they play somebody bad, they can blow them out and play somebody good. They lose, so yeah. they're kind of one of those teams. It seems like, but uh, the big win for Johnsonville for sure.
2: Yeah, that's that's a, that's a big win. And then Lada, you know, they're just making their layups. You know, they're 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 taking what they can get. Yeah, that puts so, you in the playoffs. That puts you in the playoffs. That'll that'll definitely put you in the playoffs. But again, that game was thirty-five to fourteen, Johnsonville winning that one. Uh, just one more time, going through those last the last portion of the Pickham scores. Um, the Pickham is presented by Hand Engineering. If you are not a part of the Pickham jump in there right now, do that weekly. You have until seven o'clock each Friday to make your pick. So there's no excuse there. It's a lot of fun, makes the games more interesting to keep up with throughout the night. Uh, But those last few scores, we had Dorman beating Clover 37 to 23, AC Floor over Camden 28 to 19. Catawba Ridge beats Chester 45, 27. Irma over Hartsville 17 to 14. Buford in a defensive battle, they beat May River 13 to seven in Johnsonville all over Latta 3514. Kev, I'm going to run through some more scores. Uh, yeah. Probably <laughs> there's just so many good games and so many good storylines. I'm pretty much gonna cover all of the scores uh, from this week. Uh, I so love I'm going it. through them as much as I, as quickly as I can. Stop me if you need to. You gotta throw something in there, but let's jump into it. We got Will Branch beating Burke 53-12. Good to see Will Branch getting on the field. This week. they got on that. Yeah, got into
1: some action this <laughs> week for sure. <laughs> for Dorchester, all over Berkeley, they win this game forty eight six. First points in three weeks, a big big win for the Patriots there. looking forward to this week's Gaffney matchup.
2: That's right. Louisville beats RSM forty to nothing. That Louisville team is is mighty, mighty tough. Uh, Christchurch, another team in one A, that is going to be mighty tough. They destroy mm-hmm. Calhoun Falls seventy three to nothing.
1: We got a comment here. This game was fifty nine to zero drill mm-hmm. at the end of the first quarter. The first quarter fifty nine to zero got out of hand fast. Um, I don't
2: even know how that's possible. To score I was reading
1: I was reading the stats. It was like touchdown 10 minutes, touchdown nine minutes. It was it was unreal. But hats yeah. off to Christchurch uh, Coach Hatfield. They keep winning. It. And like you said, they're going to be uh, a, a tough, tough out in 1A.
2: Yeah, Calhoun Falls must have just fumbled every snap. that You know, (laughs) they got the ball, and, you know, just Christchurch just scooped and scored them all. But that's insane to score 59 and a quarter, uh, much less 73 in a game. Uh, More points for you. Uh, Marion, Gabe Cusack, and the boys, they dropped 76 on Shara, winning that game 76-27. Another revenge game, the Clinton Red Devils, they beat Chapman 49-19. So get that 30-point win all over them.
1: Yeah, running for over 400 total yards there on offense. A uh, big win for the Red Devils. And that was one they had circled for sure uh, going into the year.
2: Yeah, I know our friend uh, defensive coordinator Ethan Campbell's happy about that one. And our friend Zach, you know, great friend of the program. I know he's really excited about his Red Devils. Uh, but they got a tough test coming up with South Aiken, who I mentioned earlier uh, this week. You know, got to stop those boys, even though they're not playing the best ball right now. Cane uh, Bay beats uh, James Island 31-28. Yeah, the Greenville Red Raiders all over the jailman Patriots, 49 to 6. Greenville getting their mojo back. Uh JL Man going the other way. Marlboro County, they win big over Ridgeland Hardyville, 54-0. Uh, Wade Hampton and Greenville, this might be the story of the season so far. They won another one. They beat the Blue Ridge Tigers 35-25. Uh, really exciting to see the generals play some good ball. The other Wade Hampton, though, down in Hampton County. They had a tough one on Friday, losing to Hilton Head 27-13. Blythewood beats Goose Creek 42-28. Good to see Blythewood score some points. I think they got something going with that quarterback yep. there. Goose Creek still can't get anything going on offense, which is a mystery. Uh, River Bluff beats Laura Richland 42-21, another team we have not talked enough about. Fairfield Central beats Keenan 40-34. to My TR Devil Dogs get back in the win column. They beat Eastside 35-28. Spartanburg beats Riverside, another team that's in reverse right now. Spartanburg winning that game 59-25. Uh, not going to like this one, Kev. Williamsburg Academy beats PD 41-22. Uh, hate to see it. Yeah, Silver- Eagles,
1: Eagles had the halftime leagues, Couldn't get it done in the second half.
2: Uh, t- tough loss there for the boys. Hey, man, two halves to every ball game. Got to play both of them. Silverbluff picks up a much-needed victory over O-Dub. They win that game 14-7. to uh, easily. This is another uh, surprising team. Good story for the year, but the Green Wave beat Woodmont, go up in class, winning thirty-six to seventeen. Do not look now, Great Collegiate all over Eau Claire, fifty-seven and nothing. Mm-hmm. That offense starting to roll. The They're, coming. Guys, They're coming. They're coming. The young guy starting to figure it out. Uh, Johns, Luke off Elgin, uh, demons they win twenty-seven to fourteen over Fort Mill. Uh, Wilson beats Darlington forty-four to six. Uh, that's going to be a recurring theme for Darlington for the rest of the year. Walhalla over Palmetto, 32-22. Uh, the Razorbacks playing good ball this season. Westwood beats Midland Valley, 41-19. to First yeah. win for
1: Coach O'Connell, friend of the program.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, kudos to him and that program there. Good to see them score some points. Uh, Gaffney beats Northwestern 28 to 7. Many did not see this one happening. Um, early in the year, you would expect it. Northwestern had some juice,
1: you know, after that playoff loss last
2: year, and uh, Gaffney puts it on them. Yeah,
1: I feel like it's a game we got to talk about a little bit here, Jarrell. Uh, you know, you mentioned a couple weeks ago, Northwestern killing everybody, Gaffney not playing well. You know, Gaffney found something that their defense has been playing well the last couple weeks. Finally got the offense going a little bit. Loftus in the, in the run game with Tate and, and McDowell kind of gotten going. The freshman looked really good last week, it sounds like. And they held a team that was averaging 60 points in Northwestern to seven. Like, that's very impressive. Um, uh, Gaffney's figuring it out at the right time here. They got a tough week with Fort D this week for region play starts. Learn a little bit more about these guys this week, of course. And then on the flip side, Northwestern, I mean, usually not any shame losing to Gaffney. But, you know, going into the last week, you did not think they would do that. Of course, you thought they'd win that ball game. But, Northwestern and South Point both going down in the same week. Uh, how often is that happen? Probably not very often. Um, and, and that region is going to be a dogfight for sure between those two guys and, and Catawba and Lancaster and all that crowd there uh, down the line here.
2: Yeah, Catawba Ridge has got to look at those scores on Friday and be like, hey, so you're saying there's a chance. Conference yep. can do it. And then Gaffney, much like Gray, like we just talked about, the team state champions. Great coaches lost a lot from last year's team. Starting to figure it out in the second half of region play. A team, teams that you cannot sleep on, you know, mm-hmm. teams with some tradition that, that, you know, play good ball, great coaching. Uh, so, yeah, Gaffney winning big over Northwestern 28 to 7. Another team that we really like, Woodland beats Bishop England 23 to 13. Dutch Fork. Uh, Big
1: Daddy Dutch Fork
2: wins forty nine to seven over North Augusta. Sorry, Coach Quinn.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We do need to comment. I know. Uh, you know, Jarvis Green has been out a couple weeks now. Not sure the situation there. And the McGuire kid played. I think rushed for you know three touchdowns, one hundred ninety plus. And so not sure what the situation is there. Um, they're trying to figure out. Obviously, the passing game without Appler already, and now without Green. Tough spot, especially with the nationally ranked St. Francis coming to town next week. Uh, Dutch Fork has is, is got stuff to figure out, but, you know, Coach Knotts, if anybody can do it, he can.
2: Oh, I mean, that's it's
1: living proof. I mean, they've had adversity from the beginning
2: of this season, and they just continue to win. Uh, you know, they're going to be tested, you know, and I, I think it's going to be really good for them to play that nationally ranked team in St. Francis from Baltimore. Uh, but Dutch Fork is still letting people know in this state that they are, you know, the top dog. You know, they may have lost the state championship game last year, uh, but they still got it figured out. Bullen Springs has a win over Greer, 27 to 25. Dillon, another slow start, but they continue to win. Uh, they win 44 to 33 over Socasty. Uh Brooklyn Casey, big winners over Chapin. This game was not this close, but they win 33 to 21. Uh, we got airport, another friend of the program, and Coach Cook there pick up picks up the win over Fox Creek, 33 to 20. Hanahan beats Timberland. They had all kinds of struggles this week with their coaching situation, but <laughs> yes. they're able to they able to pull off the victory, 30 uh, to 24. West Side, that quarterback, that young quarterback in Cutter Woods is getting it done. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they win that game, 34 to seven over Malden. Uh, White Knoll beat South Aiken 35-14. Most impressive is them holding South Aiken to 14 points. Uh, Ridgeview beats Dreer like a drum. (laughs) They win that game 70-7. Burns, another slow start in the first half, uh, but they were able to pull away from Wren. They win this game 42-7. We were able to talk with Rob after the game on this in our Twitter spaces, Uh, but the, the Rebels, I think they faced their first true test this week as they – I think they travel down to West Florence. Yep. Uh, Coach Jody Generette and those guys, they had a bye week this week. Uh, uh, so, the Burns Rebel fans, you better strap it up and be ready to play those boys. I know they're going to be right. Uh, BHP beats Emerald 35-6. Barnwell over Aiken 35-14. Daniel beating Pickens 42-14. Just Daniel flying under the radar, even though they're the best team in 3A. They win again. Uh, the Loris Lions they pick up a dub over Conway. Best team in Horry County, according I'm, to Kevin Thomas. I'm telling
1: you, man, I haven't played them boys since 1985. Conway probably don't want to play them again for another for another 30 years. So uh big win for Loris, man. That I tell you what, that Loris Dillon game here in a few weeks is looming very large on the schedule. So that'll be fun to see. But the Huff kid, the Bellamy kid are playing super well. Uh Coach Man's doing a great job there. Loris uh is, is my been my sleeper all year and they continue to impress. Right, they're making you
2: look good. They win that game 13 to 7. And the last one that I got here, the Lucy Beckham Bengals pick up another win, uh, shutting out RB Stall 48 to nothing. Good to see the Bengals getting that offense rolling, complimenting that defense that has been dominant all season.
1: Yeah, I got a couple more. I think uh, you may have said these. I may have missed them while I was typing. I don't know. Uh, West Ashley 7 1 oh, 0. West Ashley 5 0 oh now. I thought like they have given out, given up maybe would to combined like twenty points all year. Like they have, you know, low scoring games all season long. Uh, do want to give a shout out to a team that I've been very tough on. That's Lawrence. They get their first win, beating Union forty-four to fourteen. Strom Thurmond, quarterback is back. They beat Evans twenty-nine to seven. Cross our friends down there, Santori Jones, former player of the week. They beat Lake Marion fourteen to nine. Lamar twenty-four. MacBee zero. big win for Coach Pierce there. And then a couple of skis that scores for Australia. Heathwood Hall knocks off Cardinal Newman 33 to 33 to 26. Porter Gal takes down Ben Lippin 24 22. Coach Weigel and the boys are struggling. They lost a couple in a row now there at Ben Lippin. And then Trinity Collegiate beats Augusta Christian 30 to 22. But just a couple games I want to throw in there. But uh, a lot of good football across the state this year, for real, uh, this week for real. But I guess let's move now into our uh, stock up, stock down by Founders Federal Credit Union.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let me go ahead and go ahead and do a couple teams that I got. Um, for stock up here, um, Gaffney Indians, man, mm-hmm. got to give them some love. They're starting to figure it out. Some young guys that are growing up. Uh, know they've had some injuries, a lot of adversity going on through this year. Uh, but the team that I went to go see, I really got to talk about, and that's the South Florence Bruins. Um, I think they're head and shoulders the number one team um, in 4A after that
1: drubbing that they put on the South Point Stallions. Yeah, a couple more I have. Uh, we mentioned the Irmo team. Big win over Hartsville. That's a nice win there. Hartsville team that we saw, you know, first a couple weeks ago. It's a good football team. Big win for Irmo. Uh, another one here, uh, Westwood. Coach O'Connell and those guys. They beat oh, a yeah. Midland Valley team. that have been playing some good football there. Uh, you know, Noah Jennings had a big game. Quarterback had a big game for them. Hats off to, to the Red Hawks there. Big win for those guys, Jarrell. Uh, and a won one as well. Williamsburg, the Stallions, we mentioned beating my PD Academy Eagles. Big win for those guys. Uh, big second half, especially, as um, they – they proved they're going to be a force in 2A and skis of this year.
2: Yeah, a couple more. You got Hanahan. Uh, they picked up that big win over Chamberlain with all the adversity surrounding their program. So it's good to see them continue to win. It's a team in the Charleston area um, in 3A, you know, that maybe not be, you know, might not be tested as much through the non region. Uh, but yeah, just another 3A team that continues to impress Sumter. Uh, this is the first time you'll ever hear me say that I love the Gamecocks uh, because that defense is amazing. Uh, They just continue to impress winning ways, you know, winning games in gritty ways. Um, i just really, really impressed by something.
1: Yeah. A couple more I've got uh, to finish it up here. John's Lugolf Elgin squad. They've won three out of four, Jarrell. Usually they don't win three games a year. So hats off to those guys for, for doing that. And then also I got to mention easily back-to-back nice wins. I think they're maybe at four and one now. Uh, They beat JL Man last week, a previously unbeaten team, beat a good one, a Woodmont team last week. We'll get to Caleb Sutton and his stats here in a minute, but, Big win for the Green Wave, and those guys might be a player uh, in that region. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just a few more. You know, Bowling Springs, good story there, picking
2: up the win. We had Ridgeview. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, not the best of competition,
1: but to finally get those offensive playmakers going is uh, is pretty cool to see. Yep, and last two here, uh, Ainer, Blue Jackets. Big win over Phillip Simmons, a team that – Lost to Wilson earlier. I thought it was kind of a bad loss, but looking back now, it probably wasn't. Wilson's pretty good. Um, you know, and Ainer is another team, kind of that third team in that Dylan Loris region that will be tough and a tough out for sure. And then I mentioned these guys a minute, a minute ago as well. Strom Thurmond, quarterback is back. Nice win over a good Evans team there. The Rebels are rounding into form right here at, uh, at the right time, drill. But if you, don't have any, if you don't have anybody else, move into the uh, stock down side here. Let's do
2: it. Um, You know, we just got to go with, with Camden. Offense is mm-hmm. going – going in the wrong direction. Um, and just going back to that game that I saw, South Point, uh, not just the results on the field. The stuff that I saw on the sideline was a little bit concerning um, as well. You know, just seemed to be a little bit discombobulated um, there. A lot of penalties, you know, a lot of, you know, infighting there. Just hopefully they can get that stuff, you know, cleaned up in-house. Uh, but that Camden offense and then that South Point offense, you know, they just they just didn't have it
1: on Friday i have got another team out of that same region, Northwestern, you know, losing that game to Gaffney. No shame usually losing to Gaffney, of course. But scoring seven does worry me some because we talked up that offense, you know, with, you know, the, the family kid at quarterback, the new guy there, Turbo Richard, Elijah Caldwell, et cetera. Scoring seven is not a good look there. And then also uh, Midland Valley, a team that was trending upwards. You know, I think he'd won three in a row, something like that. Lost to Westwood, who we think is fairly good, has hadn't played well yet this year. But losing to Westwood, uh, Midland Valley, not a, not a good week for those guys. I think they're on stock down for me. This week, yeah, and then uh, you know, maybe the moving the chains
2: curse here, so we may be not able to get any more coaches interviews midweek. Uh, jailman man, Patriots, they just haven't had a good a good couple of weeks. You know, they played some tough
1: competition. Yes, yes, little, I have.
2: Uh, so we do have to you know qualify that with the competition they face. Uh, and then Hunter, the, fight, the fighting Hunter Allen's. I know he's he might be listening, so he might get upset with us. But a lot of Vikings, uh, like we mentioned earlier, you know, they're beat the teams they're supposed to beat. But when they they face some competition that you know is maybe a little bit better or on par, they seem to struggle a little bit.
1: No doubt. And so that's been our stock up, stock down segment, brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. You'll hear their ad here in a minute, drill But let's look now at our uh, players of the week for Week Four.
2: Yeah, so we'll go ahead and start with the three players of the week that we have voted on um, as a group here. Uh, these guys will receive something special from the Moving the Chains crew. Uh, they just had you know outstanding performances on Friday. I'll start with the first one. You know, Caleb Sutton, the quarterback at Easley, uh, he ends up going 17 for 19 with 265 through the air, three touchdowns. Then he gets it done on the ground as well with seven rushes for 57 yards and two touchdowns. That's Caleb Sutton.
1: Yeah. You know what? He's a freshman too. So don't forget that. So he's going to be a player for a while here in the upstate
2: year of the freshman quarterback. I think that's what we mentioned in the Twitter spaces the other day. So Caleb Sutton at Easley, Um, congratulations to you. Uh, Ezekiel Mays, uh, Brooklyn Casey, they've had a, a tough stretch this season uh, playing some difficult competition. But he gets it done on Friday. He had 18 totes for 218 yards and three touchdowns on the ground, 253 all purpose. Then on the defensive side of the ball, which we like to see too, had 10 total tackles there. So, an Ezekiel Mays from Brooklyn Casey, congratulations to you, uh, just balled out on Friday. Um, and the last one we have is Tyler Smith, the running back at Barnwell, absolute stud. Uh, I think we have got to find a way to go, to go watch them play this season. Uh, but he had 27 carries, 263 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, so our three players this week, Caleb Sutton, the Easley quarterback, Ezekiel Mays from Bro- Brooklyn Casey, excuse me, and a Barnwell running back, Tyler Smith. Uh, all three had outstanding performances.
1: Tyler Smith, direct quote from a coach that we know, said, he may be the most impressive skill player he's ever seen. So that is high praise for a kid there. Uh, looking forward to seeing him and, you know, Cam, uh, Clay Pender and Cam Austin, rest of that War Horse team here down the road. But hats off to Tyler on just a huge game. A uh, couple other nominations that we were sent or we found uh, across the, the state of South Carolina here. Bennett Judy at Hillcrest, 28 for 36, 312 and four touchdowns. Avery McFadden at Hillcrest, nine catches a buck 42 and a touchdown. Thomas Williams in a losing effort for Powdersville. I feel like this guy's on here every week, drill. we got to find a week to send him a shirt for sure. 22 <laughs> for 160 on the ground with a touchdown. Five receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns there. Also played DB every snap pretty much. Uh, I'm surprised John didn't vote for this guy here, John, or Drill. Uh, Sky Harder at lugolf Elgin, 236 on the ground, three touchdowns. Deion Brown at Clover. We mentioned this game earlier from him. Ten catches, 317 through the air. Three touchdowns there against Dorman in a loss. Luke Peoples at easily. 15 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, one fumble for recovery. Our friends down in Clinton, another guy who's on the list every week, Drill: Bryson James, 11 carries, a buck, 27 and a touchdown. Sean Copeland, nine rushes, 104 yards, three touchdowns there. Bryson Scott, Trinity Collegiate, some skis action here. 15 carries, a buck, 15 and a touchdown, four catches, 98 yards and a touchdown, six tackles and a tackle for loss. Big game down there for Bryson and their win over Augusta Christian. Cam McMillan, another uh, familiar name for you guys. Fairfield Central, their win over Keenan. 14 of 16, 193 t- three touchdowns. Very efficient there. Gabriel Cusack at Marion, 235, passing five touchdowns. Uh, how about this? A Mullins and a Marion guy this week, Drill? Syrie Livingston from Mullins, what? 88 yards passing, two touchdowns, 175 yards rushing, three touchdowns. A heck of a basketball player, too. There he is. Noah Jennings at Westwood, 11 catches, 208, three touchdowns. Our friend Jonah Norris, always here as well. 25 yeah. carries, a buck 57, three touchdowns. Maurice McGuire at Dutch Fort, 12 carries, a buck 91, and three touchdowns. Some more skis action here. Drew Spires at Richard Wynn, 11 receptions, a buck 57, three touchdowns. Trey Thompson at and Andrew Jackson, 19 carries, 237 yards, four touchdowns. And then Dylan O'Neill at Westwood, 18 for 27, 321, and four touchdowns. I want to say a big shout-out to you guys for actually sending us stats. I really appreciate it. I think this may be the, may be the weak drill that we actually got Ooh. sent the most without having to find them ourselves, which is a big help for us.
2: Most definitely, yeah. It's, it's really cool to see all these stats. We can only award three players each week, but please don't stop. It's so hard. Those Hillcrest guys, I feel like we include three of them every week on offense. Uh, like you said, Thomas Williams, uh, Jonah Norris at Lexington just continues to impress. Uh, and something tells me that James and Copeland are going to have big games against South Aiken on Friday, uh, so hopefully we can get some numbers from those guys uh, but congratulations to, you know, all the shout outs that we had. but definitely want to circle back one more time to those players of the week and Caleb Sutton, the Easley quarterback, Ezekiel Mays, uh, running back DB uh, from Brooklyn Casey and running back Tyler Smith from Barnwell. They are the moving the chains players of the week. Let's do one more
1: shout out here, drill, to our sponsors for you here for the week.
2: Get your head in the game with Founders Federal Credit Union. See how Founders membership could elevate your financial game. Train your financial skills with our wide array of financial tools and services. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com today to see if you qualify for membership.
1: Relax with Founders Federal Credit Union. Carolina Orthopedic and Neurosurgical Associates is our game of the week sponsor. Kona offers the most advanced training and experience in orthopedic surgery, neurosurgery, sports medicine, and pain management in the upstate. Kona offers a synergistic approach for the spine, skeletal system, nervous system, and supporting structures. You need total quality care for your optimal health. Three convenient locations in Spartanburg, Duncan, and Greenville. Go to Kona.care to learn more about Kona services. That's C-O-N-A.care. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Like I mentioned earlier, if this is your first time, subscribe, five-star, etc., or on you know, Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever you listen to us on. We do a recap show every Sunday to recap the previous week's action comes out on the podcast forums. We do a live preview show on Tuesday nights on Facebook. We also put that on the podcast forum, but ho- come and hop in during the live show. Love to talk to you guys get some engagement during that. So that's a lot of fun to do. Follow us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, et cetera, at move and change. M-O-V-I-N-C-H-A-I-N-S. Check out our brand new website, movingchains.com. Get on the message board. We got a locker room in there. Talk some trash. Region plays coming. Feel free to hop in there and, Talk about the ball games. They love to have you guys join our website and check out a lot of the cool features on there, like our road trip and and things like that uh, throughout the week. Join our pick'em contest behind engineering. It's a lot of fun. Drill. I, I didn't want to say this earlier, but uh, we had the first perfect score of the season oh, this week. Um, the graphic will be uh, you know released on Tuesday. We had a we had a, a perfect score from someone. So hats off to, to those guys on that. Definitely hop in there. It's not too late to join for sure for this season. Um, be a lot of fun stuff going on. Interview with uh, Leon Boulware, Louisville head coach, coming out this week. Definitely tune in for that learn about the lines and the, off to their hot start and who should be a very tough out in 1A throughout the year. Come join us on Friday night in Twitter spaces. We'll be at a game. We'll be talking about the game afterwards on there. We'll kind of give you a breakdown of that, give you some scores from around the state. But love to have you guys hop in. We've had guys from, you know, obviously Burns and Westwood and Abbeville and Westside and uh, who else? Uh, BHP has been in there. We've had uh, Clinton hop in. So definitely come in there and – to request to chat and let us know about the game. We would love to hear from you guys. But anything else I'm missing, Drell, uh, that we got going on right now?
2: No, I think you covered it all. Last thing, you know, just from week four, we want to thank uh, the athletic departments, the fans, the, you know, the staff, everybody uh, from Greenwood, And from South Florence for allowing us to come to their facilities and watch their games um, and cover and cover their games. Excuse me. So I want to send them a special shout out. We had great times on Friday. there. looking forward to this week. Some sad news, Kev. Uh, Week five, man, that means that we hit the uh, halfway point. But good news. That means we're about to go into region play where these games really start meaning something and we start ratcheting up the action a little bit. Got some great games on tap that I know that you and John are going to touch on on Tuesday. Uh, Really excited. It's going to be tough again for us to narrow down where we're going to go. May have to split up again. Who knows? Don't want to do that, but we might just have to do it in order to cover all these games. Uh, But just a lot more fun. Week four, again, looking forward to week five um, as we start getting into. I think we're going to start getting into some region games this week as well. Uh, We'll really start ratcheting up in week six, Uh, but looking forward to that, you know, starting to get rid of all those bye weeks. So we'll have full blown, you know, football coming up here, Uh, you know, and then the poll also, that's one thing that we are are doing. Uh, So we'll have that poll released on Tuesday during the live preview show with John and Kevin. Uh, When we post that, you know, let us know what we messed up. Let us know if you think that we, you can do a better job because, That's basically what we're doing. Uh, We're telling the media, you know, let us have a vote because we think we can do a better job. Uh, So, yeah, we're we're creating our own poll. So we love to hear some interaction on that. We think we hit it pretty well. I will say, Kevin, you know, he had, you know, a great one in 4A, you know, because he picked South Florence as the number one team. But a not so great one, you know, in picking Somerville, you know, vaulting. Tough
1: game, tough, game tough road to vaulting,
2: vaulting Somerville onto the pole when yours truly had Sumter on that pole. Uh, but, anyways, you know, that's a lot of fun. So, you know, interact on that pole, interact with all the stuff that we have. We work really, really hard on this stuff for you guys, uh, but it, it's also a lot of fun to do. Uh, So, you know, looking forward to week five. That's all I've got this week, Kev. I've talked too much. and uh, (laughs) Just just really excited about all the stuff that we have coming out. Uh, It's a lot of fun to produce and a lot of fun to interact with you guys. The growth again, like I said on Friday, thank you guys so much. This has been so much fun, you know, building that Twitter space, building up our brand, building up, you know, so, so we can provide, you know, more coverage. And more exposure to the teams, the fans, the players, the coaches. That's the overall goal here for us at Moving the Chains. Um, it's really been exciting um, to let you guys be a part of our family and letting us be a part of your programs.
1: For sure. And if you guys have any ideas for interviews, like Drell and I are always open to that too. You know, if you have a, uh, you know, you, if you know the star player at your school, or if you have a good contact with the coach, or you just have somebody that could be a good idea for us to have on shoot us a dm shoot us an email whatever love you know we'll do our best to reach out to them you know we don't have anybody that we don't want to talk to so we're open to that so if you've got some ideas definitely let us know love to get some more interaction and, and engagement from from you guys because obviously we know who we think is a big deal who people want to hear about but you know it all comes down to the fans like who do you guys want to hear about so definitely yeah. let us know if y'all have some suggestions for that but a lot of cool stuff going on with us we we'll appreciate you guys you know tuning in and, and continuing to follow us and support us we really do appreciate it but For Jarrell Hendricks, I'm Kevin Thomas. This has been our week four recap show. We'll catch you guys next week.